welcome in to episode nine of the people of Infru. i'm silver surfer joined today with rummaging for answer seven rummy <laughs> slash mads how are you doing today uh, I appreciate the the shout out to the relic that is my <laughs> original username. I'm doing fine. I'm glad that it's Friday. Nice, nice. Speaking of Friday, you enticed me to get red wine from Trader Joe's. Yes. What, do you so have? I'm a little disappointed in you, Jason, because I was like, well, there's so many good budget wines at Trader Joe's that are in the like seven to nine dollar, and you got the cheapest possible one, the good old Charles Shaw. Yeah, it was two ninety nine, and I don't think that that should be passed up. <laughs> Steal the deal. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. True. All right. Uh, but so, cheers. Cheers. Dink. Not a chug, but a cheers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fine and totally acceptable for three dollars. Yeah, it's actually it's really not bad. The thing about Trader Joe's is that like what you can get for seven dollars there is like twelve to fifteen at other stores, and what you can get for the two ninety nine is like six or seven at other stores. So still a deal. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. Thank you for the recommendation. And now I'll have something to drink as we record. Yes. <laughs> so, the first question as usual: Have you eaten today? And if yes, what have you eaten? Yes, I've eaten. All right. So uh, as a good number of folks know, I am a vegan. The proper pronunciation is um, vegan with the two O's. You really have to draw it out. Uh, so I had a bagel with my favorite like vegan cream cheese for breakfast and coffee, obviously. Got to get the caffeine in. Um, and then for lunch, Ooh, for lunch, I had leftover Indian food from two nights ago. So chana masala, veggie pakoras, and basmati rice um, with like a spicy chutney. So that was delicious. Um, and then right before coming on here, I had some hummus and crackers. But nice. I'll do different later. What kind of hummus? Uh, spicy chipotle. I like spicy things. <laughs> That's yeah, with hummus, especially, I like to have a second flavor beyond just the chickpea. <laughs> yes. I actually sometimes make my own hummus, um, but I, I go through periods where I'm lazy and I don't make it homemade for like a month. And then mm. I will make a big batch and I'll freeze some of it and then, uh, you know, defrost in. So it's a kind of ebb and flow situation. <laughs> nice. My situation is when I see it, buy one, get one free at Publix. I'll get it. Also a good, like good call. <laughs> <laughs> it's how I decide all my snacks in my life. <laughs> Bogo, the Bogo allure. Yeah. So what does rummaging for answer seven or just rummy? What is that? Just call me rummy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I have to just know. <laughs> uh, so you want the origin story. There's not, there's not a whole lot to it. And I mean, I've certainly told, um, you know, like my, my, moth bros crew because i think enough people had said like god it's so annoying tagging you in drafts like and so the question came up like what the fuck was this about <laughs> and uh yeah i i used to really love regina specter i still do really adore her first like three albums i guess um there were like two that were self-released and then begin to hope 
uh, it was right around the era where I got into Joanna Newsom and Sufjan Stevens and like a few others, um, Death Cab. But it was kind of my like awake music, musical awakening as a listener where I wasn't just listening to like my parents stuff or like what was on the radio, but actually like seeking out music is when I was maybe 12 or 13. And uh, I don't know if you kept up with the afterlife draft at all. Um, but one of the prompts for that was what was like um, one of the first songs that you fell in love with. And I chose Us by Regina Spector and that's where the lyric is, is from. So it's, she just sings like Rama Jane for Answers is, is one of the lyrics in it. And then the seven, I don't know. This felt spicy. Didn't want to be just rummaging for answers. <laughs> I guess I'm so used to like, you know, I'm from the generation of making like Yahoo emails where you like type something out and they'd be like, that is taken, but why don't you add this number? Yeah. I think that's what I was thinking, but it's hard to say. <laughs> oh, that's, you know, seven's a good number to go for if you just want to throw one on there. <laughs> Lucky seven. And then while we're on the topic of your info username, what brought you to the board itself? Yeah, so I know this is a question you've been asking folks. And I, I mean, I have a general idea, but like, I don't know what was the moment where I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to become a user. I'm going to actually post. So I definitely started lurking when I was a senior in college in 2014 and I was dating this guy who was a few years older than me. So he, um, he was not in college anymore and he'd gone to a few of the Bonnaroo's and was into it. And he was telling me um, that, you know, he was so excited to go to Bonnaroo 2014 and he and his friends were gonna go again. And like, we'd only been seeing each other for a couple months. We ended up dating for like most of a year, but at the time it wasn't like, you should come with me. But like, he wanted me to go. So he was just sort of dropping him like, oh, well, I know you're really into music. Maybe you want to take your friends. And that's what I did. I actually ended up going with a group of like uh, my best friends since high school and some of her other friends. And then I like met up with him there. And so it was kind of, I went with a group of friends and he went with a group of friends, but then we, I know we went to Frank Ocean together. We met up for multiple shows. Um, but I just remember in advance of that, because I'm like, a little like research freak. I, I was Googling around trying to find out the tips for Bonnaroo, blah, blah, blah. So that is what led me to the board was before going in 2014. Um, I don't really remember what the moment was where I was like, I'm not going to lurk anymore. I'm going to get in it. Uh, but I think my start date is like January of 2015. God, that makes me feel old. So yeah, about seven years ago. Ooh. Yeah. That flies. Time is but a construct, Jason. <laughs> You're right. It's just an experience. <laughs> um, what What is the average day in the life for you? Well, I'll do like a, a dip, dip into a little bit of a weekday and a little bit of when I have an unstructured or weekend yeah. day. So I do work from home. Um, I think like prior to the panty, I was sort of resistant to the idea of like being in a job that was indefinitely or like permanently remote um, just because, you know, you do sacrifice a little bit of the like colleague relationship building in person and blah, blah, blah. 
But now I'm like the convenience, the fact that you can work in your pajama pants, with just a not pajama shirt, like there are some big perks here. Uh, and because, I mean, I work in the nonprofit sector. So uh, I, I don't know, I, I've now gone far enough over where like the fact that I can take a lunch break and just go take a walk and not have to be like stuck in an office. I don't think I could go back to like a hundred percent office life. Maybe a hybrid thing would be fine. But uh, given that I do work from home, you know, I work a kind of standard nine to five ish. I usually try and make it more like nine to four thirty because especially in these uh, winter months, I want to always like make sure I can get outside a little bit before the sun goes down. So I wake up around I mean, I try and wake up before eight, but realistically, like once the snoozes are done, once like the alarm's actually been like turned off and I'm out of the bed, it's like 8.15. Um, and then I will, you know, get up and, and make coffee and breakfast and kind of like plan out my day. I am, I have ADHD, but I also am a little bit type A, which is interesting because it's like I can hyper fixate on things. It's like I've found that planning in my day, even if it's just like writing out, like from this to this time, I think I've got this meeting, blah, blah, blah. Having a structure really helps me. So on mm -hmm. work days, I definitely do that. Like I sit down before I get on calls and all of that. I sit down and like just sort of structure my day a little bit. Um, and my job is like a mix of writing, outreach, being on calls with like ally groups and um, being on like coalition meetings and webinars, um, as well as doing some like team building within because we're all remote. So we try and kind of have like a, a structure to we like meet meet on zoom once a week and stuff like that. But usually I'm wrapped up with my work day by five or 530. And I've been trying to make it more like 4.30 right now. And then, I mean, I, I'm i more introverted than I used to be. Like, I think with the pandemic, I really like leaned into the fact that I'm not ex as extroverted as I was back like in college. So I do social things, you know, a couple of nights a week, um, going out to like the, the neighborhood bar that's like where I meet a couple of my closest friends. I'll do that about once a week. Um, I'll see my family sometimes, but I also sometimes just want to chill at home with my cats, which I know you've seen a lot of pictures of, like watch funny shows or listen to music, talk with people, talk with, you know, long distance friends, because at this point, uh, my friends are really spread out across the country. So doing like friend phone dates and all of that, but my big thing is that I try and get outside every day, even if it's cold, even if it's a brief walk, like nature is my happy place. And I'm lucky to live within like 10 or 15 minutes of a lot of trails. Mm -hmm. So that is like pretty much always, unless it is downpour rain, that's pretty much always part of my day. Nice. And um, for the audience, you're out in North Carolina, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I am in tears to bandit boy. Um, I'm in Durham, so near Raleigh, North Carolina, um, for folks that are more familiar with that city. And you do like, um, it's like kind of environmental work, right? As well? It is. Yes. So, uh, it's energy efficiency policy work. Um, um, and 
yeah, I'm not going to get into the weeds of it because it'll, it'll be sort of boring, but I previously worked um, for almost four years. I was like more on the community organizing side of like climate justice work, mm-hmm. which is really, so it's something I feel passionate about, but I got to a point where I was like, there's like progress is happening so slowly. And we're like acting as if, you know, we have all these optimistic ideas, but it was like, it almost felt more disheartening to be in a an organization with such lofty goals that like they didn't feel very attainable in the short or medium term. And now I'm more on like the policy advocacy side. And so there are more tangible things of like, okay, we are working on trying to promote this policy being passed. And then within a few months, we know if it is or not. And at this point, like (laughs) that was just something I was really craving after, especially going virtual um, was just weird to try and do like community engagement uh, and like uplifting people when like no one feels very uplifted right now. (laughs) True. But yeah, I work in the energy energy realm. Nice. And that makes sense while you're into nature and hiking. Do you have a favorite trail that you frequent the most or you like spice it up? Yeah, well, so I bought a house earlier. Well, not earlier this year anymore. Last year, we are now in 2022. Um, some way, somehow, to be clear, I've worked in nonprofits the entirety of my post-graduation life and somehow was able to like just find a deal in that like frenzy of housing market last year um so for all the shit that's happened (laughs) I can always be like at least that was a positive from 2021 um so I live like about 12 to 15 minutes outside of downtown Durham it's like easy to get to by car but I'm far enough out that I'm near um this pretty large body of water called Falls Lake Mm-hmm. And there's just like a huge circuit of trails that are actually connected to the mountains to sea trail. And that is a trail that goes from the mountains to the um, ocean side of North Carolina. And it goes like through different towns and cities and meanders around, but it goes the span of the state. Wow. So I, you can like just find a trailhead and like hop on the trail. Yeah, it's pretty great. That sounds like a great hike. Is that like uh, in, in terms of just places you've hiked in general, is that still up there? Or do you have like a favorite just like? Yeah, so I will say about North Carolina, um, I have a lot of mixed feelings about staying here long term and certainly the political climate um, of like places outside of just like the triangle in Asheville. But something I'm so grateful for, like living in the triangle, you know, I'm only three hours to the beach. I'm only three hours to the mountains. And around here there's enough like lakes and rivers that I can feel like I'm simultaneously like in the forest but also around water and that's really lovely so uh this falls lake is you know a big enough body of water that if you're walking along the trail and then you see the lake you kind of feel like you know um not that you're at the ocean but it still has that kind of um calming calming feeling that I I know I get when I'm around water and nature um so I would say that's near the top but also the Eno River Park is really great which is also in Durham nice awesome yeah there's um nothing quite like a very serene natural location uh I had the pleasure to go to Yosemite last year and I you know amazing it's like a I don't know you can't really replicate something so remote 
and uh, green and just everything about it. It's just such a nice feeling. I'm glad that you could do it every day. <laughs> I try. I try. I mean, there are days where either I'm just shit comes up or the weather is too miserable. But um, the fact that I'm only 15 minutes away from those trails definitely helps uh, keep it a regular part of my routine. Nice. No one is going to be surprised that we talked for like 10 minutes about being in forest on my interview, by the way. <laughs> probably talk longer. <laughs> but so you're three hours from the beach. You said uh, three hours from something else. And the then, mountains, yeah, the which mountains. is like my happy place in, in North Carolina, for sure. Nice. And then about three hours from Bonnaroo? <laughs> no. No, I'm like nine hours from Bonnaroo. What? Yeah, because so the triangle you have to go through, like you just get on 40 and you go through, like I'm about three or three and a half hours from Asheville, then about like five something from Knoxville. And then from Knoxville, it's like another three so I am not three hours from Bonnaroo it would be an easier it would be easier to convince me to go each year if I was that close <laughs> do you normally do a drive then or do you try to fly and then like rent a car if you go oh yeah I've only ever driven okay nice yeah. and you've been how many I've only been to two and that's still pretty good that's cool. yeah I went to 2014 2016 and as you know I was planning to go to 2021 yeah yeah a lot of people were. It was going to be awesome. Yeah. I think there was like a big resurgence of folks who hadn't been since like 2016 or 17 that were going to go in 21. And as we know, <laughs> it didn't happen. Now we may have the chicks though. Yes. <laughs> you might have the chicks. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. <laughs> I'm in the camp of I would not mind seeing the chicks on the farm at all in like a like a sunset slot. Yeah. You know, that like build eight or nine or ten. That would be fine. I would sing along to landslide. I do really like their cover version. I would sing along to wide open spaces and that one other the album that has like um traveling soldier and so they have two albums that i listened to a fair amount yeah. growing up and i would like sing along it would be fine but as a headliner <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> it's whatever though it's actually not enough <laughs> it's not a lot it's it's just not yeah, you're right they're not offering enough <laughs> uh but do you have any like favorite memories from on the farm or encounters uh, or yeah, no, do memories on the farm first and I'll go to that. Yeah. So I have two different, like 2014 was when I went with, you know, my best friend and some of her friends met up with my, the, you know, the guy that I was seeing at the time. And I will admit going to like Frank Ocean together was, was pretty lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, we both had like gotten really into him that past year. Um, and overall, I mean, 2014, was great it was definitely one of those where I look back at the schedule now I'm like I fucked that up I fucked that up what was I doing like I was at Cascade during that conflict of um it was like it I mean I did go to Frank Ocean so that that that's like you know one thing I I don't regret but then it was like Nick Cave and Dark Side 
and and cascade and i was at cascade um so you know first first festival ever i was also a little nervous about like splitting apart from the group at that time because i just hadn't done a big festival before so another conflict that i made the wrong choice at i thought that vampire weekend set was just not very good like it they were not very good live yet I've heard they've gotten better, but like that 2014 vampire, I just thought it was flat and and not good. Mm-hmm. And Neutral Milk Hotel is playing in a tent at the same time. And like I, at that time, already knew I wanted to be there instead, but I was like nervous about losing the group. So I just didn't go. And it's like, once I went in 2016, I had been on Infru for a while. I was there to accept my 10 award. Um, <laughs> I clearly, like I had enough friends and like people that I either had already met or like wanted to meet and like catch up with um that I just didn't have any of that concern of like oh I need to be at this set because like someone else is or I shouldn't be there because yeah so I was able to just kind of flit around more but the 2014 lineup was better so nice um but as for best memory I mean I would just say pit of LCD 2016 really really fucking great yeah that would have been a i wish i could have been there that sounds like a good show <laughs> especially in the pit because the pit's awesome were you not at 2016 at all i wasn't 2017 was my first year okay so we've never been in the farm space at the same time no but we've been to the same cabin we have <laughs> <laughs> oh you you've also been to that cabin did you rent it off of airbnb <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. It was a great cabin. <laughs> I wish I could have been there. I worked hard to push for that cabin and you know it. And all the bros were like, no, we just want this one that's shittier, but it has this one arcade game. And then we get there and it's like, oh, I guess this is kind of nice. Well, it is cool. But so for the audience, we were de- debating between cabins and one of them had air hockey and a miniature basketball hoop like arcade machine. And, and looked like it was located in a place where like acts of murderers come to kill you. There was like not a grocery store in sight. <laughs> yeah, but it had mini basketball and air hockey. And so it was, it took a while for us to decide the nicer cabin um, or the basketball and air hockey. And then, well, the one we decided on had pool, which was used a little bit, but yeah, we probably wouldn't have even ended up using the air hockey. I mean, Dan ended up breaking one of the things outside. I wouldn't have trusted y'all with like those arcade games and the air hockey. Like, I do not think that would have gone well. It would have been fine. <laughs> it would have been Dan too distracting, though. I feel like I would only have been at the basketball hoop <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Drinking from your gold goblet. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, speaking of infru interactions, Jordles told me I need to start asking people if they have favorite infru member memories. And I'm curious if you have any to share. Yeah. Uh, okay. So as we as we realize, I'm old and I've actually been on infru for like seven years somehow. Um, but I'll just, I'll hit a few highlights. So going to the 2016 Bonnaroo, um, you know, I'd gone to, at that point, I didn't go to 2015 Bonnaroo because I was living in DC and it was hard. Like it was just far enough. And the Firefly lineup that year was 
fine enough and it was like an hour and a half for me it was the kind of thing of like convenience of you know and I had friends that were willing to come to Firefly but not Bonnarosa I ended up doing Firefly in 2015 but I also did um a few like smaller shows uh or like fests that were so landmark in DC um only happened in 2015 it was just like this one-off thing but like I met up with like jazz and smelly cat hasn't been around for a very long time but a few in folks um so I had like gone to some smaller things and met up with like a few posters um users but uh 2016 was the first time that I like went to brunch even though I was a little tardy as Dave will be sure to tell everyone I was a little tardy and he like started my speech and I'm sorry. I just didn't realize it was such a strict start time. (laughs) Um, But like brunch onward was just really fucking great. Like, you know, getting to bond with some of the people that I'd like talked to on the internet for uh, a year and a half or whatever. Um, And then I did fall off the board. They say that like, that's the, like the curse of the 10 is that like people will like leave and some of them never come back, but I did return. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was just the combination of just like some life stuff was going on. And then that one God awful mafia game with that psychopath where I was just like, I just, it was like camel straw back. I just, that game just was like, I don't need to be here right now. So I took a couple years off, um, and started posting actively again, I guess, like, I think like 2017, 2018, I didn't much. And then 2019, I started to again. And then with pandemic, like had a lot of free time. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really like the the mafia crew kind of had evolved at that point from some of the people that used to play a lot don't anymore. And then some new folks do. Um, and that's when I feel like all of us just started like chatting as a group more, which brings me to the August 2020 epic in Peru cabin um which also made me feel kind of old because like Jordals and I were the only two people within like a year I think he was already 30 I'm turning 30 soon oh and Teddy um so it 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 was it was delightful though (laughs) like that was a very fun weekend not enough sleep but um that was definitely a highlight of interactions and then a month later sucked that Bonnaroo was canceled but um I was able to meet up with like the the older more esteemed uh in for I there are kind of two sort of groups um not in a clicky way but just like the my like moth bros crew and then some of the more like OG in Peru people that I got to know in like 2014 15 16 um and so that is who I was actually going to camp with if Bonner had happened and we pivoted and went to this like lovely campsite in Brevard. Um, it was like a glamping site. So we all had our tent, like everyone had their shit ready, right? We were all packed up for fucking Bonnaroo. So uh, even like Aunt, um, LLL, Angie had um, packed like all of the like lights and inflatables and this like gnome collection that she has um 
for was going to like set that up around the tent um tents at Bonnaroo but then we had all of our shit and just set it up across this like glamping site and it was really great um D I don't know if you ever met D Jeanette she's not post much anymore it's definitely one of the folks who was like used to be active um but she did like a DJing set and like jazz kind of like ended up jumping in and like learning some stuff on the um on like the technique of DJing and it was just a few days of just frolicking in the woods where it was like communal and everyone like had social time but it was also so easy to just like take a walk in the woods by yourself um and I think all of us you know had different levels of like disappointment around Bonnery being canceled and all that so it was, it was a good pivot for sure. Um, and I did get to meet a few people that I'd only like talked to on the forum. And then there were a few folks um, who I hadn't really interacted with before. Some of them might just not really post anymore, um, but who I got to know in that time and, and really like developed a friendship bond with. So mm. this year there were two, or sorry, last year, um, 2020, there were two big like highlight group adventure things that um were really great and i'm hoping can you know do another in uh cabin cabin part two sometime <laughs> later this year especially if the bonnery lineup is as shitty as people say maybe we'll just go uh find a cabin that'd be fine that's what yeah. i mean like 70 percent of bonnery almost is just the people just and hanging the- with your friends yeah and so uh, we could just have teddy play who we wanted to headline <laughs> like teddy play us as if radiohead was headlining <laughs> right now r.i.p yeah <laughs> while we're on the topic of infra memories and all that stuff <laughs> you spend yourself on the mafia board and you mentioned your hiatus we've had talks <laughs> of the the toxicity (laughs) that comes out of mafia yeah could you elaborate on just how crazy that this game can get (laughs) yeah i mean i think with the group that we have playing now it is not a it's not really a concern like um you know we'll shit on each other we'll be like that was fucking dumb move like you played terribly that game but like there's enough you know jovial uh back and forth of like jesting and also just like the fact that we all know each other and like talk outside of the mafia game so it just doesn't feel like if someone shits on me in the game if I'm actually feeling hurt about it which doesn't really happen anymore but like if I feel upset then I'm just gonna go directly to that person like Facebook message I'm gonna ask like hey can we just chat about this so it's really not an issue to me anymore but but the problem in years past 2017 or whenever that was um it was just this fucking viking dude who i just had never interacted with on the board really like i'd seen him post a couple times but we had no rapport and that was my issue it's like i don't mind someone like jordles um like coming in and and saying you know throwing shit at me in a mafia game because it's like that's fine whatever we do this 
but this guy did not know me and he was getting like so personal in his attacks and like just saying that I like had bad parents that did not raise me like looking back on it it's funny but it, they were so extreme it was like you have he called me bad jeans rummy and then for a while <laughs> for a while Matt was bad jeans KPO on the board which <laughs> I found amazing um yeah it's one of those things like what four or five years later I look back on it and it's like funny to read but like this guy just like fucking went in and he was like you are dumber than my kindergartner like you don't know how to read you like how have you gone by in life like your parents must be embarrassed for you like it was just this whole tirade and I basically what people didn't realize was at the time I'm not gonna like get into it but like I remember that game was at a time where I was going through a really shitty breakup and like a family member was sick And so it was like, I just wasn't in a place to deal with that shit. And I tried to say that in the game, just like, I'm just letting you know, like, can you please stop? Because like, I'm not in a place to deal with it. And he just kept going. And that's when I bowed out of the game. And then he fucking lost it and was like, you are like the worst mafia player I've ever seen. And I I just didn't care. Um, But at that point, I I was done. I didn't play mafia for like three years. (laughs) It was the fact that it was like, he just couldn't find the humanity. He was like, this is how we play the game. And it's like, that's fine. But then if someone is saying, hey, real life matters more than this internet game. And I'm telling you to just fucking chill. And he wouldn't. And what was the best part of it was that he was mafia and he was trying to frame me. That's what I was about to think. I was about to ask, like, I bet he was probably mafia because it's anytime someone blows up in that way. Fucking psychopath. (laughs) It's always the bad genes mafia. (laughs) <laughs> not yeah. the bad jeans rummy <laughs> only a few people that play now were in that game Putin is one of them and he has apologized like numerous times to me he's like I read that back and I felt like embarrassed for myself that I didn't stand up for you but like at the time I think people just didn't really know what to fucking say because this guy was like losing his shit on a music forum website so <laughs> it happens we have so many arguments in this place yeah yeah but I mean I just feel like at this point the people I interact with if I'm upset by something they've said either I just like get over it because it's not a big deal or if it's hurting my feelings I just go to them mm-hmm. so yeah 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 we've, we've hashtag totally- ban ban viking <laughs> I don't think he comes around anymore but yeah I don't think they I don't think they're around uh shall we move on from the topic of Bonnaroo and Inferu and talk about some personal interests of you sure um what are some hobbies we've talked about hiking is there anything else fun that you'd like to the audience to know about you yeah so nature outdoor stuff is definitely big um but also cooking i am one of those people that if i've had like a stressful day i actually find it like grounding to get in the kitchen and like make a homemade meal um i would say i cook something from scratch more days than not and especially during like pandemic uh there was a lot of time to like experiment with new recipes um and i i know that when when i went vegan like four years ago i was worried that it was going to be boring to cook but and this is not trying to sell people on it but like i actually found it was the opposite where i have gotten like more creative in my cooking Um, So that's just really been fun to like explore my culinary side over the past few years more than I had before. Um, 
obviously i mean music when people ask about my hobbies music's always like top of the list but you we all know that right. <laughs> why else would we be here um <laughs> and i feel like the word hobbies maybe not even just hobbies but just you know what makes rummy rummy <laughs> um obviously people know my cats very obsessed with my cats um i mean I, I like even though it stresses me out the fact that i do choose to you know work my 40 hours a week or whatever in the environmental realm like i do i i there is you know a a not insignificant piece of my brain that is like the activism and like advocacy side and before COVID, um, I would often, you know, go to protests and, and show up at events um, and just kind of do that community building thing. Um, I, I do really enjoy both yoga and meditation, but like, I'll be honest, I'll like get in a routine of it for days and days. And then I stop one day and I'm like, oh, I fucked it up. And then I don't do it for like two months. But that doesn't mean I don't like it. I really do. Like, I, <laughs> I do really enjoy it. Um, it's just also since getting my cats doing yoga is like a trial and tribulation because <laughs> they try and like insert themselves into poses and stuff. And it, it just becomes a little difficult. I really love board games, big fan of board games, okay. um, word games. Oh, I've not done Wordle today. I will do that when we finish this. We can um, do live Wordle. Ooh, are we getting, have you not done it yet? No, well, I did. I tried to do yesterday's and then you spoiled it. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I just want the audience to know that like people were talking about Wordle in our group chat and I was like, what's that? And all I did was Google it to the extent that it said like it's a, it did not tell me everyone gets the same word. Right. So I thought we all get different words. And I was like, great, I got mine in three tries. Look, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, let's do a live Wordle. Um, here I can share my screen. <laughs> oh my god, amazing! It's not wordle.com, it's powerlanguage.co.uk slash wordle, which is I don't know what that is. I'm just gonna Google Wordle. There it is. Nice screen. Okay, so we have to type in at the same time, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to go with the word. Uh, and so it's always a five letter word for those yeah. listening. And it basically tells you if you use the right letters, uh, Google Wordle. Uh, and uh, basically, so yeah, you have to write a five letter word. I, I'm just going to write trees since we talked about nature. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can't. Oh, no. I went for the word glean. Uh-huh. Um, I guess we're kind of cheating because now we're going to get the information from, from both of ours. But there's an S in the word. There's an S. Okay. Well, my L apparently is in the right spot. So okay. that means, let's see. Um, and there's no, okay. There's no E in the word. That's very interesting. No, or, all right. So where's the L? The L is the second one. I'm so I feel like it's S probably... Maybe like F L and then there's an F. I'm going with Slack. Okay. Oh, it is S L. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So so I was gonna go with um let's see. 
Hmm. It has to be. Uh, could be. No. We're gonna go with sly. Oh no, it can't. Can't be slim. Let's see. It has to be I O or U after the S L. It could be slops. I'm okay. And that's what I'm doing. S L O P S. Okay. There's a P in it, but it's not the right spot. So that means it's S L. P is probably last then. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, I wonder. Hold up. Hold up. Yes, I got in three again. Oh no, shit. Okay, I thought it was slurp, but it's not. The R's are not. Wait, okay, it's S L U. It's not slurp. The R is wrong, but it's S L U. Slump. Huh? It's slump. Oh, slump. Yeah, it's got. Okay, be. yay. Yeah. Did it. Amazing. Live Wordle. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I really love um, I love board games. You know everything from like code names to Mysterium to um, Betrayal of the House on the Hill. I like narrative driven games. Mm. Um, Settlers of Catan always a classic. Uh, so yeah, board games is board games is a big one. I like puzzles. Um, what was that? Sorry, my cat just made a very strange noise. Um, yeah, I would say those are most of my hobbies that I engage with frequently. I'm definitely missing the live music thing. There was like a few months there where I felt safe going to shows, and now we're just in this fucking surge again. And like, what is life? Um. I do also, I really like um, when being able, like, I like slam poetry and if it's good, stand-up comedy can be fun um, in terms of like consuming art outside of music. I like movies fine-ish, but I think, was it in Mitchell's interview where he was talking about like, it's like, um, maybe one day I'll get back to watching movies, but I kind of feel the same way he does of just unless someone has recommended it being like, I know your taste and I bet you'll like this, or just like, this is a masterpiece. Just like, do I really want to sit through like maybe up to like two or more hours when I don't know if I'm even going to like it. Right. Whereas with a TV show, if you pop it on and you don't like the first episode, it's what, like 30 minutes, mm -hmm. maybe 40 minutes. So I don't watch a whole lot of movies either, to be honest. Um off topic from you as the episode but while we're talking about movies I talked with Alex about Studio Ghibli films and I started one five days ago and I still haven't finished like it's just it's so hard to sit down and watch a movie <laughs> which and then I feel sort of embarrassed saying that because I will sit down and watch three episodes of a show I love and then it adds up to the amount of a movie but I don't know there's just something about <laughs> It's like, cause you, they can like, I don't know. It gets developed better. Like it's, yes. you yeah. get all the drama and it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my mom sent me, my mom does this thing. It's very boomer of her. She'll just send me these like little, just like links without any context, just like one link in an email. And it's to like a New Yorker or guardian mm -hmm. article. And one in the past week was, um, you didn't lose your attention. It was stolen from you. And it was an interesting read, just like, you know, nothing that we don't already know, but just like the proliferation of technology and its 
um, the fact that it's fucking everywhere. And as kids, yeah, we had things like TV and like I played Sims when I was growing up and, you know, there was like Nintendo 64, but it was also easier for parents to just be like, in our house, we won't have a Nintendo. Like I didn't. Um, so it's like, that was a fun thing to do when I went to a friend's house, but I mostly like, I had a couple computer games and my parents would let me have like 30 or 60 minutes a day. And then I would turn it off and I would fucking just like go outside. I would like, you know, do other things that were engaging with my sister or a friend, or I would just like go upstairs and like do things by myself. And now the proliferation of technology is so extreme that I feel like even when a kid doesn't necessarily feel that compelled towards that stream of of like hobbies or activities it's just like it's so persistent that they just fall into it and that obviously impacts attention span but also like just the way your brain develops anyway it was an interesting article um I didn't agree with all of it but but as someone who I think and I mean you're obviously a few years younger than me but I like have both the memory of like growing up in the nineties where like screens really were not this like huge thing for us. Um, and then seeing how things are now for kids and adults. Um, it's just interesting. Interesting. Uh, I think it's an interesting point. It's, it's definitely kind of sad how attached we are to these things. Uh, it's a dependency like a major dependency i mean like i probably spend way too much time on it and it's just reading random stuff like i don't nothing useful (laughs) (laughs) sometimes useful sometimes Sometimes, yeah oh i do like books that's another hobby i like reading i like i like reading and writing but with both of them i will go through periods of time kind of like the yoga meditation thing where I just won't read a book for pleasure for like a month. And sometimes that coincides with like, I've been reading a lot of like research for my job. Like there are times where it's just like, I, I, it makes sense that I don't then want to pick up a book after, you know, my work hours end. But other times it's just that I'm fucking around on the internet instead. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. What's the, what, what's your genre? Where do you go to? So I like to either go for a like nonfiction book about something that I'm either really interested in already or that like piques my interest Mm -hmm. and I want to learn more about or if I'm going for the fiction realm I like realism like 20th century uh American fiction is great um you know kind of dystopian weird Kafka shit I enjoy um but also like memoirs can be good if they're captivating um I'm not super big into sci-fi, but if something is recommended to me, I'm, I'm not like a, against reading sci-fi. It's not usually what I'm drawn to. I do have, I have my next book picked out. I just have not started it, but um, it was a Christmas present. So my mom got me this, it's called Animal Kind. And then the subtitle is Remarkable Discoveries About Animals and Revolutionary New Ways to Show Them Compassion. So very vegan friendly book here. But last year she got me a different kind of like random facts about animals book that was really good and I enjoyed. So I think she's keeping up with the trend. That's good of her. That's very sweet of her. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of animals, I'm curious, your vegoon 
uh, <laughs> diet. Um, uh, you just so you know, that is just me fucking around. Yeah, um, <laughs> vegan. <laughs> I'm just playing along, being okay, a good okay. host. But <laughs> just <testing. laughs> uh, But what 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 led you to that lifestyle change? Is this gonna like instigate people posting things in the? Um, I don't remember what thread and we kind of got off topic with it. And, uh, and then I said, I was going to continue with my thoughts in like the, uh, there is some thread that's for like controversial arguments or whatever, but, um, you know, when it comes down to it, it's actually pretty simple to explain. I feel in my core that I've like long before I went vegan or even vegetarian, like I knew that that's what made most sense to me. Like I would feel weird preparing me like especially chicken like I felt gross doing it which like looking back on it like I know now I never go to the kitchen and I'm like cutting up broccoli and feel gross I'm like ooh broccoli like I might even have some raw you know like I don't feel fucking like conflicted when I boil my rice so like the fact that I had this sort of just like um cognitive dissonance when I was still eating so I stopped eating pork and red meat and basically everything but poultry and seafood when I was like 10 it was because I went to this farm we were on a family vacation and I went to this farm and it wasn't like a kill farm you know there were just animals running around but I think I had been told like oh this is bacon oh this is a burger and I just had not fully made the connection which I imagine is pretty common among kids like if you say here's a burger they're not like oh I'm eating dead cow necessarily so I went to this farm and I saw these pigs and these cows and I was like so excited to interact with them. And then I got in the car and it just like hit me and I started crying. And I basically said to my mom, I'm like, I'm not eating those animals anymore. And I didn't like, I was either nine or 10. Um, and it took a while longer on like the poultry front. Like, let's be real interacting with like a pig on a farm maybe is like a little bit more of a, um, of like an animal bonding experience than like petting a turkey or something so like the I think I just sort of allowed that um that piece of cognitive dissonance to continue longer because it was convenient to still be able to eat like poultry and seafood um through college that's what I did and then when I lived up in DC at that point like I would sometimes order chicken or fish out but like I pretty much always cooked vegetarian and it was really getting into the environmental field in 2017, where like within a couple of months, I just was learning about like the impacts of like all the shit that comes with animal agriculture. And then I already knew in my heart, I didn't like the way that animals were treated, um, even on the nice farms. And then on top of that, I was like, I feel gross when I prepare this food. So I like thought about all of it together. And I was like, there's literally no reason for me to continue eating animals. Like it does not align with my values and like how I want to live my life. And there's, I feel like there's so much we can't control about like the various things that are going to shit in the world. And people will like to say, oh, well, your veganism doesn't matter because it's a drop in the bucket. And that's fine for them to think. But for me, it's like, I'm able to wake up every day and choose something that makes me feel good about my micro level, my microcosm, and that I'm making a decision every day that aligns with like my morals. And that's not something that's ever going to be trivial to me. So um, I went vegan uh, January 2nd of 2018 and 
never went back. Nice. Congratulations. That's awesome. Especially the environmental thing. I think uh, the environmental impact from the meat industry in general is, I believe it's the worst um, of industries. Uh, so, so fossil fuel industry, then animal agriculture, then transportation. Um, those are the three big ones. Yeah. So it's, um, it makes sense. I can't remember who I was talking to with this, but it was on the show of you can't be a perfect environmentalist and yeah. um, you really can't. Uh, but I, I love it when people take what they can. For me, I haven't been able to stop eating meat. I have tried, um, substitutes where I can, like I have, uh, like corn is the company for, mm, I love corn. Yeah. <laughs> very good. I have their nuggets. Like I don't like frozen Tyson, but I love the frozen corn nuggets. Um, and I've gotten, uh, Ikea sells a vegetable meatball. Uh, that's very good. Um, Interesting. Okay. I see you Ikea. Yeah. Yeah. To clarify, you know, I went on this whole <laughs> impassioned rant of like what my development into veganism was. Yeah. And like, to be clear with other people, when they say like, I don't think I ever could fully, then I don't say, fuck you. Yeah. You need to, it's more like reductionism is great. If you mm -hmm. find substitutes that half the time you can use that instead of the meat product, that's great. Like yeah. my opinion is that the extent to which people can do should be celebrated rather than condemned. So right. it's like for myself, I will never eat a dead animal again. But like yeah. if other people are finding it harder, then I want them to at least feel like they're doing their part by like going halfway or going, you know, yeah. two thirds of the way or whatever. No, I think that's important and uh, appreciate the sentiment as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think my line recently has been, I, I used to love chicken wings and now I can't eat anything off the bone. And I would love to find myself even further along the line like I really don't want to eat meat but like I just I don't know I've grown up so long I'm 23 now and I haven't ever not had burgers and stuff like that so it's like it's weird diet you like the impossible burger because that one like freaks me out how much it reminds me of real burger it's like it's fine I have it when it's offered um it's just usually like a couple dollars more which obviously sometimes yeah it's worth um, it yeah it's worth it um Depends on the mood. I loved, I, so if I go to Burger King, which I never do, but if I do, it's the Impossible Whopper over the regular Whopper because the regular Whopper tastes like shit. <laughs> and the Impossible Whopper is fine, I guess. Yeah, um, it's, fair. <laughs> it's food. And it's at least like, no, like, like, I don't, when you eat fast food meat, it's like so many questions come to your mind. It's like, how was it prepared? How was it kept? Was it- What body eat? part is this? Yeah. What, like, so yeah it's awesome cutting that out like I don't I don't blame you I've had the same questions like it's it's a it, it doesn't feel comfortable preparing so yeah anyway uh well if you ever want vegan uh transition cooking tips even if it's not to go all the way just to incorporate more of it let me know yeah I'm curious if I could ask the question um like so we get so with eggs um, and milk. So I'm a big egg milk guy. Like that's why I don't think I could go vegan. I've tried vegetarian a couple times and I just always end up going for, a, for something and it just breaks. But mm -hmm. so like, so I get free range eggs, <laughs> like, but I know that's not a lot, but like, so how did, what, how did you draw the line to like go from vegetarian to vegan? Like, where was it like also like, uh, animal byproducts was also too much. 
Yeah. So I went vegan for like a month, you know, like the new year's thing of like, I'm going to do this for a month. So I went vegan for, I did like veganuary is what it's called. Actually. There's like, you can sign up and they'll send you recipes and tips. And it's really helpful if you're like transitioning um, or just trying it out. So I did that in January of 2018. And my intention was that I was going to do a month of it. And then I was planning to sometimes buy farmer's market so the grocery store eggs that say free range, I don't want to break your spirit, but like usually the only qualifications for that is that they get a slightly larger cage mm-hmm. and like one hour of daylight. So yeah. like what can count as free range is despicable because like you think you're buying the better product and they're still just like thrown in cages, stuffed together, like diseased and they get one hour of sunlight and they're like, it's free range. But if you go to a farmer's market and you talk with the farmer and they're like, hey, you know, this is like I have an actual like field that they graze in. And then I like take their eggs and bring them here. I don't have that much moral issue with that. Okay. Um, I just think a lot of people and this is not like, a, you no. know, hating on you, but like a lot of people say, oh, I buy free range. But then it's like they don't really do the research to know what that those conditions are and what the industry is actually like. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're at a farmer's market and buying eggs there, I think morally that's pretty OK. okay. Um, when it comes to cheese, the big issue for me is that the more I did research, I realized like. It's not meant for humans like cheese or egg, uh, sorry, cheese or milk like we are extracting like basically calf hormone growth fluids that's what it is like it has all the vitamins and nutrients to like make a baby calf grow into an adult cow and we're using that liquid to create like a product that's just literally not meant for humans so even if you are like on a farm where they're not then killing the animal like you're going and like squeezing out this fluid that often hurts them and then like they often get ulcers and like bleed and from it all this stuff that happens even at good farms and it's to get this product that is literally not meant for humans so when it comes to dairy it just grosses me out like there's like a certain amount of pus that's like allowed in milk where it doesn't have to be like like calculated the whole they just kind of gross me out now dairy products (laughs) and oat milk is so good have you had oat milk i've had almond milk and i love it but it's too sweet um, oh, try oat milk. You okay. gotta try oatly. Yeah, no, I will. I've it's had so this conversation good. with tons of my like non-vegetarian friends, but I think it's at least important to try a substitute. Yeah, oatly's delicious. Like I have multiple friends that are not vegan or vegetarian, and they only drink oat milk. Okay, yeah, I would love to try it. Yeah. I recently, um, I had a COVID scare last week, so I did the Kroger pickup. Who hasn't? Right? Are you even like alive if you haven't had a COVID scare? Right. It's true. Week? It's true. But, you know, I did the thing where they put your groceries in the trunk and I asked for just like regular 2% milk and they didn't have the Kroger brand. They only had the Horizon organic milk. But anyway, I saw it when I got home and I was like, oh my gosh, like this has two months longer of an expiration date. Like what the fuck is in like the regular Kroger milk where it expires in a week and a half and then you go get organic milk and expires in two months. It's very, it's very strange and it has definitely raised my eyebrow. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's like a very, there's something, there's something amiss (laughs) for sure right there. I think when it comes to dairy and eggs for me, it's like at this point, they're good enough substitutions. I just, I'm like, 
I understand vegan cheese isn't amazing at this mm. point. My taste buds have adjusted and like Miyoko's is a really good brand and Violife is a really good brand. Mm. They melt well, like the Miyoko's cream cheese that I was talking about having with my bagel. Like it has that same kind of tang that like a normal cream cheese mm. does. And at some point I just was like, okay, even if this is only 90% as good as the animal product, it's like, but it's causing less harm. And like, for me, that is a worthwhile sacrifice. Um, so I mean, yeah. that's what it comes down to. But. Yeah. If we, if you had been raised on that being cream cheese, it would be fine. Like, you, like, <laughs> like yeah. it, there's something to be said about what you have grown up accepting and then like just forcing yourself to like something else. Like I'm sure if the regular diet 50 years from now is like just soy based cereal or something. It's going to be like soy vegetables and bugs. Let's be yeah. real. We're going to yeah. be eating cockroaches for sure but like <laughs> if that's what you're born and raised accepting like it's not that bad <laughs> like it's yeah. just what, it's what you come to know so yeah. there there at some point just does need to be that switch because it's an industry that doesn't need to exist should it kind of really exist in uh my opinion <laughs> but it does <laughs> is there anything else on your like um list that's like rummy specific you were like gotta gotta ask rummy about her veganism what else <laughs> i didn't even like i actually kind of forgot about that i wanted to oh. i you kind of talked about not having electronics but i remember you bringing up once that you were amish i think i'm not amish i'm quaker <laughs> oh quakers yeah sorry <laughs> Oh no, it's just the most classic like Quaker talk about how every once in a while someone will confuse us with the Amish Me? and be like, so do you wear like do you wear these bonnets? Do you yeah, yeah, yeah. drive a horse and buggy? Yeah, I'm Quaker, not Amish. I'm sorry. And geez, I'm gonna get canceled. <laughs> oh. You're already canceled. Just kidding. You're like the nicest person on the board. <laughs> we can't cancel you. That would look bad on us. Nathan Fielder is up there for nicest people on the board too. <laughs> Jason. Yeah, so I'm Quaker, um, but I'm like an agnostic Quaker. So for me, it's it's not really at all about the God or Bible stuff. And um, it's that when I was a teenager, basically my feelings on religion were like, I only want to, you know, in, investigate religion to the extent that I'm interested in it, not like growing up as blank and therefore you were blank. So I learned about Quakerism and that like the big tenets were pacifism mm -hmm. and like you know action for social justice and this really like to me beautiful concept of like the power of silence um which is how the uh Quaker meetings which in church would just be called um service I guess like church services it's called Quaker meeting um and they are silent meetings and then people can speak out of the silence so it's not like you can't talk at all but there's not someone leading it there's not like a preacher or a priest that is conducting the service or doing the sermon um but instead there might be like a query um or a prompt and people can settle into the silence so that like a quaker meeting is like you sit down and you settle into the silence and then people can stand up and speak and then they sit back down and you like give it enough time and then maybe someone else will speak but it's like somewhere in between uh like a communal experience and sort of meditation because I've been to a Quaker meeting that was like an hour long and only one person spoke so you've got like you know 57 minutes of the hour where it's just you and your thoughts and that is the only it's the only religion that's ever like 
resonated with me. Um, again, I still don't tie it to like God stuff really. Um, just this, the, I think the only part that's at all kind of God-like in my manifestation of it is the, like, um, I see the light in you, you can see the light in me. So more of like spiritual than it is religious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also pretty formative to my uh, teenage years because I, once I started going to Quaker meeting, it was like, there was a youth group and we would do these um, like youth retreats once a, once a month, there would be across the Southeast. Sometimes we'd go down to Atlanta. Sometimes we would do them in like the Raleigh Durham area. We went to Knoxville, we went to Nashville. Um, and it was this group of like young Quakers that basically were all of similar mindset of like, you know, we are not really into like religion in its typical sense, but we do appreciate like spirituality and like intentionality, um, of like Mm -hmm. investigating this stuff for ourselves and seeing what makes sense. And some of those people I'm still in touch with. So it was definitely a, um, a formative part of my growing up from, I would say ages like 14 to 17, like before I went to college. Mm. Um, and it was also a time where I really got to, to learn more um, music because a lot of the people that went to those retreats were like really into music I listen to now. We did many a Sufjan sing-along. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But I still identify as quick. Like if someone asks me, I'll be like, I'm Quaker, but I, I'm not like practicing. Like I, if, if, um, it wasn't pandemic times. I go to Quaker meeting like a few times a year, like if I want to be in space with someone, but it's mostly a thing of like, I just try and bring those values into my life, which is what I think religion should be about anyway. Um, but a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to take these three lines from the Bible that can make it sound chill for me to hate on people. And I'm going to use it that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think there is some good in like religious texts and all of that, but people run with them and, and turn it into chaos and violence. <laughs> yeah. There are some things that shouldn't be cherry picked and uh, values uh, from a sacred text. I don't think should be one. Like yes. it's, um, it's frustrating that you have the people that go to church every Sunday or whatever, and then like aren't good for their community or anything else. And then, you have people like you who have just taken values from important values from a from something like that and have just put that into your life instead of you know doing too much for it which is good like the importance of religion is the community and coming together and realizing that it is more than just yourself and all that stuff so i wish that was taken more broadly um you talked about coming across music from your, uh, from being Quaker. Do you have any shows lined up this year? I know you said you, the whole COVID scare is a little. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do. I, I feel like it's kind of 50, 50 on whether Dua is going to happen in February. Um, yeah. JT and I, JTR and I are trying to go to the Charlotte one I mean we have tickets for I think it's like February 17th or something um there's like a rumor that Live Nation's trying to cancel the next two months of things we'll see what happens um 
and then <clears throat> there are a few so the there's a venue within like 30 minutes of me called the cat's cradle which is a really fucking great venue that plays like smaller shows but not like names you don't know you know i think it's like maybe 800 capacity venue mm-hmm. um but i'm hoping to see i think it's weather station there and um samia 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 uh this little in indie indie rock girl that i like uh, <laughs> and <clears throat> Um, I have not bought tickets to Godspeed, but I know that they're playing there. Um, I might go to the Antlers are playing in Durham. I definitely am going to Charlie and Ashley in Asheville, um, which is April. And did I buy Pine Grove tickets? I might not have for because I saw them in October. Clearly, I don't have it very um, well organized in my mind, but the big ones are like, if Dua happens, definitely. Um, Charlie playing at Orange Peel in April, um, that better fucking happen. And then there, yeah, a few others that like I have, haven't have bought yet. Oh no, I did buy to um, tickets to Destroyer, I think is May. Um, and then I guess we'll see on festival season. We will see. Nice uh Bonnaroo in the question still I mean just I, 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 let's have the scoop let's have the runny rummy scoop of if they're going to Bonnaroo or not <laughs> it will be a combination of what this lineup is on Tuesday and how well my friends bully me so that's those are the two <laughs> big factors honestly um if the lineup is not super shitty then I'm at like a, you know, like a six, five or six. Like if, if the headliners are what we think they are, but then like the undercard really is quite good. Um, then it'll just be a question of like logistics and, um, and all that. But like, I would be like more on the six, seven side of the spectrum. But if the undercard is just shit, like I just might go to a different festival. <laughs> That's what I've kind of said is I currently have my Coachella tickets and uh, Jacob and Christian Todd and Tranta keep asking me if I'm going to Bonnaroo and it's like if Coachella's good and Bonnaroo sucks I'm probably gonna have to end up choosing Coachella like I'm not going yeah a bad lineup it's but it's so sad to see because Bonnaroo's so awesome and I would love to be there but it's like, I mean, the tickets are not cheap. It's not like, oh, well, you know, for a hundred bucks, I could go see Blank and Blake. It's like for like 400 something dollars, one's like fees are included and then camping or group. Like it's just yeah. the food, the entire weekend. And, yeah. <laughs> I'll end not up buying a t-shirt or two because that's who I am. And that's like a hundred dollars. <laughs> it's so a we'll lot. see. We'll see when the lineup comes out. But it's like, if the lineup is good for my taste, and I mean, good within reason, like, like I understand that it's not going to be amazing, but like if the undercard is, is good enough, then I would say like a six or seven, but if it's just kind of looking like a shitty lineup to me and it's coming down to whether like my friends will convince me it's going to be a play, play it by like, you know, not last minute decision, but play it by ear and see what the resale looks like and all that so yeah i'm sure it'll i'm sure it'll be pretty good resale has generally recently been pretty pretty bad 
uh, for yeah. concerts and festivals. Like people keep having things come up last minute and have to sell their ticket. Tickets very cheap. So like getting COVID. <laughs> yes, yes, and that's you know with with the Omicron, that's everyone's getting it. So um, I feel almost like I hope I, I don't want to get it, but it's like everyone's getting it like you know it's got you got to keep up with the joneses i know i feel a little left out Um, (laughs) my sister got it like 10 days ago and i had seen her like she got exposed like the night before i saw her and so i didn't think that she was probably contagious when i saw her but i did go ahead and test a few days ago just to check and i was negative um i was like man everyone around me is getting it (laughs) if i'm gonna get a variant this seems like the one yeah unless there's i mean omicron mega plus ultra um maybe in a couple months (laughs) but we've just we've discussed a whole slew of information is there anything that you think has been left out about you about your cats (laughs) um anything anything you still want to talk about i don't think so um you know, I mentioned the, like, I'm getting old. I, it is my 30th birthday this May. Mm-hmm. So I'm not putting the pressure on, but, you know, maybe some sort of infrared dig to <laughs> commemorate the, you know, beginning of a new decade, go to the beach in Denver. I've heard the beaches there are pretty nice. Didn't we just establish this? I don't think there's a beach in Denver. You weren't part. Okay, that was a joke. I know, but <laughs> you might not have been part of that conversation. No, I'm very in and out of that chat. Um, I know, I've noticed. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it, that was a joke. But um, yeah, I, I, it's sort of on my mind right now. Of just like I'm coming to the end of a decade, and that's pretty wild. Just thinking of the things I've done from t- ages 20 to 29. It's really run the gamut. Um, but. You know what? Onward and upward. Mm-hmm. That's not actually how I feel about the world these days. Onward and upward, but yeah, you gotta yeah. gotta maintain spirit. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard to maintain onward and upward in today's world. There's a lot of wrong going on that is downward and not <laughs> downward. <laughs> that is Wait, it's just onward, downward and, downward and, and <laughs> off off. Wait, we said onward and upward, downward and upward. <laughs> I mean, we talked about music shit. We talked about mafia shit. Um, we talked about Quaker shit. And I didn't realize we were going to do that. That's fun. But make sure people know I'm not Amish. Yes. Talk the talk. Walk the walk on the people of Inferu. If you haven't signed up yet, please sign up. We only have nine episodes <laughs> when there's, I don't even know how many people on this board, but come on. Keep You're doing coming. God's work here, Jason. I, I, I mean, like it. <laughs> the agnostic in me, you know, still is going to say it's God's work. Yeah, because what else would it be? <laughs> Silver Surfer's work. You have a great night. Thanks for joining me. And to the audience, thanks for listening. Have a great night. Bye.